When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EDH Rec Room, a place where we sit down for a chill chat about casual EDH stuff. We are just back from a lovely trip to Command Fest Richmond and wanted to give you all a recap of our experience, talk about stuff we enjoyed, things we learned, and celebrate the whole thing with you. And naturally here, I'm joined by Mr. Matt Morgan. So I, uh, the, this past weekend, I got into an argument with somebody uh, about a 90 degree angle, and turns out uh, I was right. <laughs> you a right angle were you oh well i'm glad yeah, i that, took the right angle that's that's what i should say i i well that that's a cute story well i need you to stop being so obtuse about my joke and just move on <laughs> there it is there it is uh we've also got dana who real quick i should note will have a different sound quality than normal we'll explain in a second but hey dana roach how you doing um why did the scarecrow win a noble prize I, I would love to know he is was the best in his field joke provided to me by a listener who uh, ran up to me in the richmond airport as i was waiting for my flight and it gave me that dad joke it was a standout so i'm glad to pass it on to y'all that's so terrific and dana real quick why are you on a different microphone setup right now why why aren't you back home recording on the good mic uh let everyone know what you're up to (laughs) because a, a normal person who spent three days um in richmond at a command fest would go home and recover but i have decided to go to las vegas <laughs> and spend a few days before going to yet another command fest so i am recording this from a very improvised setup in a hotel room in las vegas yeah could we have had the foresight to bring good microphones and record something there while we were all together in richmond yes did we no no we did not no we did not <laughs> yeah um and, and i'll quick throw this out there as well um matt and i had a bit of an adventure actually getting to richmond in the first place yes yes the, it, the, a lot of people did there were storms happening the, the thursday night people were flying in so it threw some flights off and, and matt and i both had connecting flights we missed so I, I landed in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina at about 11 o'clock on Thursday night and wasn't able to get a connecting flight to Richmond for like a full day almost. So I rented a car uh, with Anthony Alonga and we drove 
and picked up Matt in Norfolk, where he also got stuck. <laughs> uh, same problem. And then drove from from Norfolk to Richmond and arrived at about what Matt seven a.m. or so. I, I believe that at the time our our heads hit the pillows. It was a rough seven a.m. Yeah, yeah. So we slept for like two hours and got took a shower and <laughs> went back to the command fest and started things up Friday morning first thing. I, I can't believe you guys managed to stay upright that day at all, but it was a lovely time. You're right. There were a lot of travel mishaps getting there, but people made it and it was so wonderful to see all of the fantastic folks in the community. We spent amazing time with, uh, I mean, it was, it was great to see you guys again. I don't know if uh, listeners know necessarily, but like that is the second time ever that all three of us were together in the same place because uh, we're all spread out across the entire US. <laughs> we're in like three different time zones, you know, so. Yeah, it turns out a a, a pandemic plus just being spread out puts a damper on in-person hangouts, but it was actually pretty great. Uh, All three of us, you know, not caught COVID. Thankfully, you know, masks were everywhere at the event. It was actually very, very safe feeling. And so I just want to give a big shout out to the community in general, not just for, you know, coming together and and having a great time, but everybody did it safely. We did it as safe as possible, I guess we should say. Uh, Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody was showing their their uh, vaccination cards or the proof of a negative test. All of that that was a required thing by Star City, uh, and it was just it was great that you know there was there wasn't any pushback. And I, I just I think the community did a really great job at we have this awesome thing that we've been waiting literally years to do. Hmm. We finally have this opportunity, and we're going to do it right. And that was just one thing that I I, I am very very proud of the community for how how we all handled that um, at the event. It. The entire time was such a tonic for the soul to be with folks again. It was it was wonderful. Like y'all got to meet Chase, aka Mana Curves, co-editor. Shout out to you, Chase. Oh my god, it was so lovely to see you again. And it was lovely for Chase to get to meet y'all in person as well. Uh, and then also surprise visit by Don Miner, the person who you know, created the EDA trek. Um, and then it was, of course, just wonderful to meet up with Derek and Ken from One More Mana, to meet up with Olivia Gobert-Hicks uh, and Kat. We're doing the cosplays. Tappy Toeclaw's Power Dragon, the Goldfish crew, Shivam. Uh, like, it, it was just such a wonderful... T- I talked a whole night about musicals with Jeremy Knoll and with Princess Weeks. And I talked about card design with Scott Larrabee. And it was, it, like, it just... All of that was so like soothing and wonderful. And it's like the gathering is back. And so, yeah, if, if I just end up gushing the whole time, I apologize to everyone. But it was so wonderful. And every single listener that we met while we were there, uh, y'all made it such a sweet and phenomenal experience. I, I had a tremendous time. It was so fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it is impossible just to name and thank everyone specifically. <laughs> and so, we yeah, just from all three of us, from the bottom of our hearts, if we met you this weekend... Thank you so much. If we didn't have a chance to, because there there were a lot of people that we wanted to get games in with and we just didn't. I mean, there's just a finite time for everybody there. So thank you to everyone we did get games in with and everybody else that we didn't. There will be events in the future and we hope to see you all then too, because it's just, it was a fantastic experience all around. Uh, ever, I, 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 just walking around and talking with other folks, I don't think there was a bad game that people really had. Expectations and those those pregame conversations it looked like were going extremely well. You'd, I, I asked people in pretty much every game that I was in, "Have you had any bad games?" And nobody had anything bad to say about anything. If people were, uh, if they were playing the high power decks, people were being clear about that. If they were playing more casual, if they were playing silly theme decks, everybody was having those conversations and clearly like delineating what they were looking for. And that was 
actually one of my favorite things to hear because, you know, we're, we're getting to see people again. And so maybe our, our social skills maybe got a little rusty talking to our, <laughs> our pets the entire time. <laughs> but it was it was super encouraging to hear that, you know, there, there were very, very few bad games. Well, yeah, let, let's talk about that. There were some things, um, some experiences, some takeaways that we wanted to mention about the whole experience. And I know that, Dana, for you, the the pregame discussion was a huge thing that you were just like that you were just so happy about and that that was a really great takeaway for you. Um, so, Matt, I'm glad to hear you echo that, too. And and Dana, I know that was a big thing for you. Yeah, it, it, it happened in every game I played in, everyone. And it wasn't like, you know, I've heard plenty of complaints online before this only really works for content creators or it takes up too much time it it just that just not how it was it, even in games that i wasn't in that were happening you know adjacent to me at different tables everyone was just spending like 20 seconds talking over what they wanted from the game and it it, it was very relaxed everyone relayed information quickly and succinctly everyone had a good attitude about it it just functioned really smoothly it, as well as i have ever seen it and it happened that way in every single pod i played in or watched yes and honestly same every single game i played was an absolute banger like the pregame discussion worked out great for me and one thing that i do and matt i know that you're kind of like this too sometimes we'll just like dump a whole bunch of cards from our deck just face up on the table to be like hey here's the stuff here you know your stuff to expect is like here are all these cards yeah just like because i want to be clear and frank about it all yeah i I would say if there was a, a bullet point for me to contribute to this i i would say even don't be afraid to tell people about cards that might be a little scary or might not go over well with people. Uh, I, I got into the habit whenever I would play my Miri deck, I would say, you know, it's, it's, I do have devoted Druid in here. I, I know it's a combo piece, but it's mostly a panharmonicon deck. I just want to turn things sideways and just get a bunch of value and, and win that way. But I would make sure I tell them, you know, I have this combo piece in there to, to be mindful of. I'm not going to hide information, but I'm also telling them my entire plan. I'm not telling them that, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull out this certain card and that's like the way that I run people over. I'm not going to tell them, oh, I'm going to, you know, find a Whisperwood Elemental and make sure that I have all my board wipe protection. All Like there's so many different ways that you can still make sure that you're respecting your opponents. I guess so many people are so afraid of, of playing things to the, close to the chest, but at least giving people a fair warning of here's a card that has like a high salt score on EDH rec. Mm. That's just going to give people another opportunity to opt out or maybe not even. And if they don't opt out of the game entirely, maybe say, do you have any other decks? Uh, I think I think societal pressure kind of keeps people pressured into not being able to feel comfortable opting out. And I think you're just giving people an extra opportunity to do that by saying, here's here's a card that people may not think is fun. That's a good habit. I think I saw a lot of people getting into, and I think being able just to kind of convey that and apply it to my own games, because I, I got into that habit, you know, after that first day, I think that really helps that rule zero conversation that ultimately I spent more time explaining it than I think people spent actually having those conversations because it was just quick, succinct to the point. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I want to play this deck. And and it went really well all around. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed in the tables that I was in and tables I was not in that folks felt encouraged to say like, eh, that might be a bit too spicy for me. Or hmm, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable playing this deck I'm holding in my hands right here against yours there just because I might be going a little faster than what you seem to be doing or what that deck seems to want to do. So are you in the mood for something punchy or should I switch this around? Like that is a, a tone that I definitely noticed as well. Um, I, I was I was happy to see other folks also encourage that and encourage like I, I just played against this 
exact commander in the previous pod, do you have something else? Or like, oh man, I just went really, uh, you know, a, a little bit lower on the last game and I'm kind of in the mood for something a little bit spicier for this one. Yeah, that, that was the thing that I was really happy to see. I think just everyone was so eager to play Magic with people. Um, and yeah, again, I just, I did not have a bad experience in game. I just, I just didn't. Like, and, you know, I know that we're content creators. So like, there's a, a, a temptation for us to exaggerate experiences and stuff like that. But like, I had a fantastic time. I had a wonderful and soothing for the soul time. And I was so happy to play against every single person that I did get to play against. So I don't know what else to tell you except exactly that. It was great. And I was really happy to see the way that the pregame discussion has evolved, providing a little bit more depth and a little bit more clarity for everyone to be able to uh, put stuff out there and to make sure that everyone's expectations are exactly aligned. That was absolutely terrific. The one thing I really noticed that was that was missing this time um, in a positive way um, compared to so command fest chicago was four or five months before COVID hit it was the last real event of that year and i and i went to that there was a bit of i guess i would maybe call it angle shooting that i saw there so they, they were kind of like there, there were some people that would be a little bit disingenuous with their next power level in order to kind of get some stops in i saw none of that anywhere like people were straight up very honest with their deck power level in ways that at least at that event, I saw a little bit of, and I saw none of that this weekend. It was very much everyone looking to maximize the fairness of every pod. That was really, really heartening to see for sure. And I, I think that's kind of a good indicator of, of the way that the CEDH community specifically has has helped each other evolve. Absolutely. Um, and I, I like that word that you used, Joey, evolving. The pregame discussion has evolved. They found a way to, to regulate. It's, you know, hey... Let's make sure none of this happens. Let's give, you know, put ourselves above reproach when it comes to those types of things, because that's not, that's not why we're here. And, you know, there, there were definitely those people looking to get these high power decks and they were playing their games and the people that wanted the low power games, that was fine. And I definitely had people that asked me, Hey, do you have any CEDH decks? And I was like, I, I don't, I, I don't really look to play those types of games. Uh, if you have a deck, you know, I, I'd be willing to try, but also it'd be kind of stumbling and. I don't know if it'd be great for you if you have a casual deck. And, you know, we had those conversations and that was awesome to see like uh, the evolution of social commander has gotten so much smoother than the last time we had paper events. And and maybe that's one thing that we all were working on, you know, ourselves over COVID um, to make sure that we were able to handle those conversations better, too. So while we were here, we also had the draft for Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. And real quick, I want to check in with you guys with how uh, how it went <laughs> for you. Because I don't know about y'all. I had a fantastic time. I will say the draft uh, itself was a little bit long. It took up quite a bit of time to actually do it. But the drafting part itself... I. I flippin' love this set. I think that this particular Rec Room episode will go out before um, next week's episode. Uh, it, it, <laughs> yes, this will come out before next week's episode. That's how it goes. But we've recorded something previously that might actually be pushed to next week um, when it had originally been slotted to go out this week for us talking about cards that we really, really like. And you'll hear us gush more about Baldur's Gate. Um, right here, I'll just say I really enjoyed Baldur's Gate. I drafted a really fantastic Minthara deck, which is the one that gets you a bunch of experience counters and buffs up all of your creatures for each experience that you get. It was a black-white tokens. It felt so phenomenal to me. I even got this Lazel card that allowed me to get additional experience counters whenever I tried to get one. It would like add additional. So by by some point in the game, I was like, all my creatures are plus eight, plus O, oh, and I just felt invincible. It was such a terrific time. I loved it. It was unique and interesting. The backgrounds 
were so flexible and fun. So I, I had a great time. That's me. So, but now I want to ask y'all, Matt. I heard you laugh. Like, how, how was how was the draft for you? <laughs> so yeah, I actually maybe had too much fun with. <laughs> My pre-release. So the, the draft was very fun. My, everybody that we were drafting with, it was, we all had a good time. So I opened up a promo, Nine Fingers, uh, the the Gates legendary creature mm. that was very interesting, very outside my wheelhouse. And I thought, whatever, I'm just going to draft every single gate that I see. And I drafted 15 gates. Um <laughs> That was so 15 gates in a 60 card deck. It, that, that's a lot. That, that's that a was, lot. It was so funny. There was a, a point we were like, Dana and I were hanging out in some other corner. And then Matt runs up to us. is like, I just drafted 15 gates. Okay. Got to go play my game. Bye. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I'm like, I think on turn eight, I had 12 or 13 lands in play. Uh, ward nine life is basically hexproof. So, uh, and, and, and the people that I played in the pod with, they were extremely I, I, that was probably the best social game that I had. We all were having fun. I was up against two Boros decks and an Azorius initiative deck. And I was the only one that had any sort of removal. And so it, I just, I had so many resources and I kind of took over the game. I felt bad, but everybody in my pod was like, no, we're the ones that passed you the cards. You are totally <laughs> fine. We gave you these cards. And I, I, I felt very comforted by that. But my deck was absolutely crazy pants. I killed the entire table all in it at the same time, but there's just a bunch of really cool cards in there. The, the, the goad enchantments, the auras, those things are super good in limited people. Mm. Uh, it turns out when you're in Sultine, you have all the removal you could ever want. Plus you have all the resources you could ever want. Like it, my deck, what our moderator, Chris actually walked up to me at one point. I was like, Oh, that looks like it's going to be a fun deck. Came back maybe five minutes later. Like, what did you do? <laughs> what happened here? Because my, my board state just exploded. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I would have never built a Sultai deck for myself, but I had a lot of fun with this. That's fantastic. Dana, how about you? How was your Baldur's Gate draft? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, my my promo was uh, Miriam the Sentinel Worm, who is the uh, Teamer Dragon Commander. Mm. It's like, well, I, you know, I might as well build Teamer Dragons. I, I would guess that's, you know, I, I usually don't play three-color decks. I might as well do that here. And, and people weren't passing. I, I was not seeing any removal. So I'm like, I guess my solution to that is just to, put more dragons in play that people can remove is what my plan was. <laughs> um, I just I took every dragon, every dragon orb. I think I had six or seven dragon orbs. So like I would play my commander, you know, first time I dropped Miriam, she had hexproof and haste because of the, the red and the uh, green dragon orb that were out. That was tough to deal with. And then, then I just kept playing bodies. It was, it, the strategy worked. It was a lot of fun. Um, when I did the actual draft, that was the day I was functioning on two hours sleep. So I <laughs> kind of fell asleep twice, I think, during the draft. Um, <laughs> to a point where I was like holding cards in hand, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, how much time just passed? And did I snore there? And like, well, no one's staring at me, so I couldn't have been out very long. Grabbed my two cards and passed them on. So I, I don't think anyone noticed, but but at least two different times during that draft, I like blanked out mentally because I, I was so tired. So had it not been in a really engaging, fun draft, it may have well been more than two times. I was just that exhausted. So uh, it was a ton of fun. I would definitely do it again. I, it, the fact that it went two rounds was probably more than I would do. I, I actually dropped for the second one. Mm. And that was just because at that point, I'd already been there for like three hours. I just wanted to do a different thing. Um, but other than that, it was a ton of fun to draft. And, and the game was was really fun, too. Yeah, I, I think my only feedback about the the draft format in general, and like you both have, have mentioned, it is a long experience. Yes. Uh, it's fun. It's great. But an hour to draft, 
it, because it takes that long to draft a 60 card deck. Uh, and then the deck building process plus playing a game of commander, you have to, yeah, it, it is a commitment. And, and so having two games for that, I wasn't a big fan of, but the actual games itself, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I would definitely do it again. So, Matt, you mentioned uh, that your draft was one of the best social experiences that you had uh, in game while you were there. Uh, for me, I want to shout out. I had an absolutely terrific uh, experience. The the one I really want. I'm just oh, I was so pleased. Um, we we arranged Gay Pod with uh, Daniel Holt of Wizards of the Coast, with Tomer of MTG Goldfish, and with our moderator Riss, uh, who goes by Riss the Redeemed. We played this epic game of Mimeoplasm versus Crash versus Toshiro Umazawa versus uh, Tomer's Tribal Tribal List, which is so much fun. And it was definitely uh, Tomer already said it was a, a highlight for him. I am absolutely like that was a tremendous highlight for me, especially when like wrist straight up bajuka bogged me to get rid of like 50 cards in my graveyard which was just like devastating but i deserve it like it was it was that level of swinginess and amazing tempo and i was just like oh we it was it was just a wonderful delightful thing and and meeting other folks in the lgbtq plus community uh or folks whose kids were part of that community they y'all were just so kind and it was so wonderful to see everyone there and like this is kind of a weird thing for us too is that like a lot of our I guess popularity of our show has happened over the course of lockdown. So actually getting to see people and for people to know us and we're no longer anonymous, like that was, that was also just a, a really like a whoa of an experience. Um, I don't know. All y'all out there kind of may, may have made me happy cry a little bit with how thoughtful and kind you were. So rest assured that you inspire us too. That was, it, it was great. Oh, and I got a Tasha. I got a Tasha. I'm really happy. I have, a, I have a Tasha now. I finally got the Tasha. <laughs> so the weekend was a success for everyone in every way. Yes. Very, very, very much. Here's, here's a weird uh, thing. Here's a takeaway from me that I want to throw out there. Um, did you guys notice certain decks that you played more or less than others? This was a thing that I definitely noticed. I played a lot of Mimeoplasm over the week because that's a deck that I have recently way tuned down. It was like, that's my baby. It's my oldest commander. It's the deck that I was putting everything into all of my, my highest value stuff. And I noticed that as a result of that, I rarely played it because it would usually be constructed in a way that would kind of punch above everyone else's weight class. And so I, before the event, really tuned that down. And instead, I put a lot of my favorite stuff into Conrad. Um, like, that's the the deck that I juiced up a whole lot more. And I noticed myself, I when I was, like, talking about decks that I'd brought and things that I could play, um, Mimeoplasm was more of a go-to that people either wanted to play against or that I wanted to pull out because it felt fair. Whereas Conrad, I think I only played it once over the entire time. And I'm wondering if that was a takeaway for you guys, too, or if you were smarter than me and you brought a more even spread of decks or or I don't know um, uh, what that experience was like for you guys. But this is a takeaway that I, I thought might be kind of interesting to observe. Well, when I checked my decks earlier this spring, the power level of them was all sevens. So like, I, I guess that was- <laughs> I almost drowned. I almost did a spit take and broke my microphone, <laughs> spitting water all over it. Dana, oh my God. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely leaned into the lower power decks. Um, number one, it's something I tend to do when I'm playing with strangers anyway, because I would rather have to fight an uphill battle than feel like I'm, I'm kicking people when they're down. So I tend to lean into that anyway and, and assume that that I, I would rather have people um, overestimate their deck's power and have me underestimate what I should play against and then vice versa. Mm. Um, but it, it never wound up being an issue. Like I, I, I would play those lower power decks for the most part, and everyone else was kind of on the same page with how they evaluated their decks. Um, so my matchups all felt really, really good. Yeah, I would say all of my matchups for the most part, um, whenever we would kind of discuss what type of game are we looking for, what power level, 
Uh, my my decks are pretty tuned. I, I think my least powerful deck that I brought was going to be my my Ukima and Kazer, which can do a lot, but also can do not a lot. <laughs> uh, and then my most powerful deck, my Omnath. You know, if, if I'm playing a, a little more juicy. Then if I just wanted to just, just see what happens, I had my Vevictus Asmati the Dire deck. And that that led to some fun experiences where I actually I also got to play against uh, Tomer from the MTG Goldfish crew. And we were just flipping over dragons and seeing what happened. And it was a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, but as I, I would say either my Vevictus deck I played the most or my Ukima and Kazra. I played my Miri a couple times, played Omnath a few times. But uh, I, I think those were the decks I played the most. Uh, just because, you know, it, they're so random. It Something happened. You know, I need two breaks and I can win the game. Or if I, you know, get one break or one bad break, I can lose the game. So I, I never feel like I'm ever running away with it. Kind of like what you were talking about, Joey. So uh, I did finally achievement unlocked. However you want to put it with my Ukima and Kazur deck. I did win a game with Simic Ascendancy. So that was, hey. that was kind of a neat thing. Uh, I did put... I think it was 17 counters on it in one turn. So that was, um, that was, yeah, my achievement unlocked moment of the weekend for sure. But yeah, I, I, I think I played my Miri deck the least, but that's fine. It was, it was still just a fantastic weekend. Cool. Yeah. And, and I actually do think that like, I'm still happy I brought the spread of decks that I did. Um, I just may not have happened into some of the pods where I would play the thing that I thought was my juiciest deck or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I, I did feel prepared, even if I noticed that like, oh, here are certain decks that I actually prioritized more. And I'm interested to see why that is. It felt like a, a thing I didn't anticipate going into it. And a thing that now that I'm out of it, I'm just like, oh, of course, like I should have, I should have realized that. Uh, but Matt, Hey, you just mentioned achievement unlocked. We got to ask, like, what were some standout moments from games? What were some awesome things that you saw happen that was, were just totally phenomenal? Like Dana, what, what's a some moments that that stuck out to you there were two that were kind of similar one um a player with a primal surge deck had kind of whiffed on getting to the primal surge he wanted to hit until two of us were knocked out of the game and finally was able to like as as he was about to die top deck that allowed him to, to, to primal surge into his win um and, he, and the other person still alive in the pot was a friend of his like they were you know he knew the deck they were they were both friends He's like, okay, did you hit the, the haste? And he already like, basically dumped his whole deck out because there was no instant of sorceries in it beyond Primal Surge. So it was basically cast Primal Surge, play your whole deck out. Mm. And, and he's like, okay, you got me. And a third party there was like, is that a Covenant Jewel? Which <laughs> when it ETBs forces you to draw three cards. Yeah. So basically the Primal Surge player decked himself because he couldn't draw cards off the, the ETB on the Covenant Jewel. Oh no! Uh, which number one is funny, but like number two, like the, the guy who did it laughed about it. Like, he's like, oh, uh, all right, I guess I just lose. Like <laughs> he had a good attitude about that mistake. And immediately, of course, he yanked Covenant Jewel from his deck. <laughs> but his, his attitude about his own screw up was like exactly how you should do that. I did something similar on the last day. I think I was playing a game with um, with Logan, who goes by Seraph Six, and I went to uh, free cast a Patrician Scorn, which is a destroy all enchantment spell that you can cast for free if you already cast a white spell that turn. Hmm. And of all things, Lavinia Azorius Renegade was in play, which counters any spell that you cast without paying mana. <laughs> which you know, it kind of just doesn't seem how to play. And like, what are the what are the odds that when I go to cast the one free spell in that deck, and it's Patrician Scorn of all things, that there's a Lavinia in play of all things, and it and it countered it. Um, and same thing, like everyone laughed about it. It was funny. We moved on. So I think that that was a positive on a whole. Like those were both funny things that occurred but everyone's reaction to those to those kind of mistakes was exactly right too like oh i screwed up i'm uh, you know well, uh, ha 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 and move on like that was 
something I, I think I tended to see over the weekend as well. Everyone just was in that that right mindset, yeah. even willing to laugh at themselves. Yes. Oh, I love that. Like, we're all here for the social part of it. And the the perfect playing whatever is not nearly as much fun as like, wait, did I did my deck just outsmart me? Whoops. Like, those, right. those are yeah. also fun moments to create. <laughs> yeah, th- those moments, I think... At any given moment, you would hear somebody from across the hall and a whole pod of people erupt with laughter. Yes. That was a very common uh, anthem. And I, I, that's, that's just so great. It's something that I definitely appreciate about Commander as a format because it, there's a lot of laughter, even, even in losing. I know one moment that I definitely remembered. And, and Dana, this was a game you were in. We were playing against a nice couple, a wife and her husband. And it was a Lind Cheerful Tormentor Curses deck Ooh. with a, a Reese the Redeemed. And I was playing my Ukima Kazer deck and the game was winding down. Anybody could have ended at any given moment. And the husband went to attack me, had everything lethal. But thankfully, uh, the, the wife had whittled him down to put him at exactly three life, which happened to be what Ukima's power was at. And I had a Teferi's Time Twist in hand, which... Hey, your favorite. If you've watched twitch.tv slash EDHRECcast, you'll know that I have killed Sheldon Mennery, the godfather of Commander, with that method. And so, she thought it was hilarious. She thought it was, like, her favorite thing that had happened all weekend. Well, I didn't really feel too bad because he was trying to kill me at the same time. But um, I was like, this is my favorite way to knock somebody out is with this card specifically because I have killed Sheldon Mennery with it. And like, okay, if if you've killed Sheldon with that card, I have to consider this a badge of honor. So uh, it was it was a it was a fun attitude, like even in defeat, like it was fun seeing what people could come up with to knock people out. It was it was a lot of fun. It, it was definitely a case of winning wasn't the point. It was the adventure of the game getting to that point and, and just seeing what people come up with, the creativity. There were so many people that even if we didn't get games in with some people, people come up and say, hey, I want to show you this deck. I, I This is one of my favorite decks. And there are some crazy brews out there that you're not going to see on EDHREC.com mm. because these people like people are still brewing and it's so great. So, yes, EDHREC will tell you what people are playing, but it's never going to tell you some of these wacky things that end up just going off. And so it's it was a lot of fun. I, I, I felt very honored with everyone that asked me to sign a card, yeah. sign a playmat, whatever. Like, I appreciate all of you. And thank you just for showing me your decks. Like, it, it, that made the weekend so special for me. It's just like getting to meet so many people. Yeah, for real. Those those were such wonderful moments. And Matt, I uh, <laughs> I also use Ukima in my Sultai deck. I love to make my Mimeoplasm into a copy of Ukima and then put a bazillion plus one counters on it. Because then, you know, if it leaves the battlefield, Ukima's got that damage trigger, which is so wonderful. Um, and, mm-hmm. and when I would create like... Here's my Ukima with plus one counters from a Lord of Extinction onto the Mimiplasm. So it's like a 50-50 Ukima. If it leaves play, if you try to kill it, I'm a, it's still going to still gonna hit you for 50 damage. And that is when like everyone was just like, well, you know, the best creature removal is player removal. Let's go after Joey. And it was just still a wonderful, like, yeah, I deserve this. Like the, the stuff I'm, that, uh, the attention that I draw to myself is like absolutely deserve it. It was, it was so hilarious. There, there are other moments, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to contain all of these in my brain, but like there was a player who had a stuffy doll nin the pain artist deck and they managed to pull out stuffy doll cloned twice so every player at the table had a stuffy doll for them uh, for them every player had a vo- 
voodoo doll that if it was dealt damage, that player would take the damage. And then it was like earthquake spells to deal damage to all the stuffy dolls and like take everybody else all out at once. And I'd never seen that many stuffy dolls before. Or I loved being able to cast Sakashima's will on my will Hilt with a bunch of zombies in play. So everything becomes a copy of will Hilt, and then they all die. And then will Hilt's each of the dying will Hilt sees a bunch of other non-decayed zombies dying. So I make like 56 zombies or something like that. But easily, easily my favorite moment was um, uh, was someone going off with a Bolas' Citadel, draining their own life to play cards for free off the top of their deck, and then getting down to like 13 life, something like that, and then paying 9 life to cast a Profane Transfusion, taking them down to 4 life, and Profane Transfusion switches their life total with someone else's life total, and then makes a token that is big equal to the difference. So they went from 4 life to 53 and made a 49-49 token, and then they had more life to keep going off with the Bolas' Citadel. And like, I'd never even seen profane transfusion in a game, let alone used to such effect. And not only that, this was a Willow Dusk deck. So then, okay, not only did you make a 49, but now Willow Dusk has seen a life gain amount of 49 life and can put 49 plus one counters onto something. It was just so terrific. And like, those are the moments that are absolutely the point of this whole EDH experience. And they made the experience so phenomenal. So like, uh, I'm just I'm so happy about those moments. These were these are things that are absolutely going to stick with me. I, I, there there are so many more, but I literally can't keep them all in my brain because I'm operating on a little bit less sleep than usual because I stayed up so late playing so much EDH. I can relate, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dana, I'm sure that you can. Um, promise me that now that you're going to the Command Fest in Vegas, that you hopefully get a little bit more sleep this time. I, I, I hope I hope you get the chance to rest, y'all. I have, I have been taking preemptive naps to like store up <laughs> sleep, like a like a camel stores water in his hump. So I think I'm going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, Dana. But I I, I believe in you. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, I think we are probably going to wrap it up here, but thank you to everyone that we met. Thank you to uh, the community members. We were so excited to finally meet everyone in person. Matt and Dana, I was so happy to meet you guys in person again for the second time the, <laughs> that we were finally all assembled and there with the with Chase, the whole editing crew and everything. Um, and, and to all the listeners that we got to meet, that we got to play with, that we got to chat with. Um a truly, truly just a phenomenal experience. And I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be riding this high for so long, you know? Yeah. And just, yeah, like, like you said, Joey, thank, thank you to, to everyone who we did get to meet. Thank you to everyone who maybe we didn't get games in with, but also there are events coming up still too. Yeah. And there, there are definitely going to be more opportunities. So if you see us at any events in the future, please, we'd love to get games in with you. Uh, come say hi, anything like that. We'll, we'll be posting on social media, our, our travel schedules that are coming up. Um, so make sure if you're able to come, these events, they have been going great so far, and hopefully everything in the future goes the, the same way. So yeah, definitely, we would love to meet as many of you all as possible, because we, we appreciate all of all of our listeners, all of our, our fans, everything like that. It's 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 great to, to be in this community, and we definitely appreciate you all. Very much. And hey, now that I've got some new cards from this event, I don't know about y'all, but I'm in the mood to go and build some new decks too. So how about we say goodbye for now, and uh, let's gear up from some more magic. Bye. <laughs>our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting and loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.